If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 273, this is our 2023 FedEx St. Jude Championship Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA Tour action from Memphis, Tennessee. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble away. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have my in depth betting preview for the St. Jude. We've got strokes gained rankings for St. Jude. We've got course form stats combined with current form stats, plus the brand spanking new predictor model. All of that content, like this podcast, it's all free of charge. There's no paywall. Barry on Twitter, I don't know if you call it Twitter now or X, but anyway, Barry on Twitter is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available. Now, you guys as listeners power this pod, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. They're very, very important, so keep them trucking in. We love them here on the pod. This one's entitled Fantastic Five Stars. Not usually one to leave a review, but have to make an exception for the Golf Betting System podcast. Listen to the show every week without fail, and it has improved my golf betting enormously. Keep up the good work, exclamation mark. And that is from Collie D. And Collie D is in the UK. Thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for taking the time to send that in, Collie. Cheers, Collie. Now, I would assume that you two snagging Lucas Glover at 90 to 1 last week will have. Uh, a few of our listeners will have woken up or gone to bed late on Sunday having a very nice uh, a winner on that one. So well done to you two, boys. Well done. Yeah, cheers. It's uh, yeah, always nice to get a, a, a nice long. Priced uh, winner mm. uh, makes a difference, doesn't it, to uh, to your punting year when you can snag one like that? But yeah, like if you look at the stats with Lucas, um, we know what his game's like anyway. But first for strokes gain approach, first for strokes gain two to green, first for driving accuracy, first for greens and regulation. Hit ninety percent of greens last week, and then the key with Lucas is that he can putt. Um, and 15th for strokes game putting when you combine it with all those numbers is going to put any player right in the mix. Uh, He still needed Russell Henley to do do a Russell Russell Henley. Russell Henley does. (laughs) Yeah, he still needed him to do do that on the final few holes, but pied his way in uh, one way or another and uh, got over the line. Very pleasing. It's always always good See someone on the post-it note of doom doing what? Why they're on the post-it note of doom? Has he earned like an extra year of member benefits for free? Or it does tend to happen quite often, doesn't it? When he mm-hmm. wins, he literally does what he did at Mayakoba this season. He'll get like eight strokes clear on mm. Saturday, and then cannot throw it away. Yeah, mm. but apart from that. If you're on Russell Henley at like twenty to one, and uh, he's he's in a tight battle on a Sunday afternoon, you might as well just bury your head in your hands and forget about the the win, really, because that's Russell Henley. But yeah, he's not coming off the post-it note anytime soon. Put it that way. No, no. And it's around. Go on, Paul. Sorry. No, that, we had it surrounded generally, didn't we? With uh, you know, not not just. Uh, Glover, but um, I was on Brendan Todd. You were on JT Poston and uh, Cam Davis and uh, Eric Coles up there for a little while that I'd put up. And yeah, yeah. 
you could have uh, you could have formed quite a nice uh, DraftKings team out of the uh, podcast mm. last week. I think if uh, you'd have Definitely. picked picked and chosen the right uh, the right players out of it. This shows you what good golf does for a golfer. Yeah, in terms of just where they can come from and where they can actually rise to in a very short space of time. It's absolutely incredible, uh, Lucas Glover, and what he's done. Before, uh, he, made a, he, was a, uh, he made a miscut, I think, at the Memorial Tournament before he went to Canada this year and finished 20th. And at that point... Uh, he was, I think it was 180, let's, let's check this through. Yeah, 185 in the FedEx Cup rankings. And he was 158 in the world. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that this season is the last season where his exemption was. So effectively, if he wasn't top 125 by the end of this season, he's losing his PGA Tour playing privileges. Full stop. So, you know, low spot, couldn't putt, tw- putter woes. And clearly, somebody or, you know, he's been standing there in the morning staring at, in the mirror going, what, I need to sort this putting out, these yips. And all of a sudden, lands his fifth PGA Tour victory last week at the Wyndham. He's now up to 53rd in the world. And he's just inside that big top 50 in the FedEx Cup points mm. whereby if he can stay there he's in all of the designated events next season that's how quickly his his good golf has turned around lucas glover's career yeah crazy yeah impressive and you know you looking at this week's course it, it wouldn't surprise to see him go well enough to stay in that uh in that top 50 because it kind of suits we'll see Absolutely. Any more comments about last week, or should we just press on to this uh, FedEx St Jude? No, no. Let's let let's motor on, Steve. Shall we? There's one thing we should quickly talk about. JT does he get a pick now that he's missed the playoffs for Team USA in the Ryder Cup? No. <laughs> Simple answer Barry. for me. He. There's other guys more deserving in terms of form um, to be picked ahead of him. I, I, it wouldn't like my jaw wouldn't be on the floor if he did get a pick. Be a bit of an eyebrow raiser, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to know. To ask Zach Johnson if you have a direct line to him, he probably still maybe he still hasn't made his mind up. It's a huge dilemma for Zach, though, isn't it? You know, there's the column inches that have been written about it. And you know the, the airtime that um, it was given at the Wyndham. It's it's a big story, and he you know he was so borderline to making the playoffs, which then could have catapulted him into a stronger position. And um, as it is, um, he's unlikely to play anything you know, unless he comes over to Europe. Um, he's unlikely to play anything before the US deadline, which is um, post Eastlake, as I as I recall. So. Well, it's, it's a leap of faith, isn't it? If he goes, the uh, the deadline for the points, the qualification is after next week's tournament in Chicago. So that top six is locked at that point. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He then announces Zach announces his picks on the Monday after the Tour Championship, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the rankings right now. Justin Thomas is in 14th spot. Clearly, that cannot improve because he's not playing any PGA Tour events. Yeah. He's below Ricky Fowler in 13. He's above Denny McCarthy in 15. And he's way above Tony Finau in 19. So, yeah. You're basically picking a player that can't play competitively on the PGA Tour. And he's clearly been struggling for a number of months. And he cannot show you that his game's improved. Mm. Unless he comes and plays something like the Czech Masters... Or the Amiga European Masters, which clearly isn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine a, imagine a world in which he does come over and play Europe, and that in that if I see you know, if I see him in any field over here in Europe, I'm automatically thinking he's being picked for the team. 
assuming he doesn't shoot 80 and 80 and you know <laughs> if mm. Well, the other thing is, if he did do that, and it is quite a JT thing to do, because I, you know, I hold JT in the highest respect. I always have done. If he did that, that is absolutely chapeau to to have actually said, "Look, this is how desperate I am to get on the team. I'm going to literally go to Europe and play some professional golf and prove that I'm actually improving." Mm. Oh, God, chapeau if he does it. Thing. I can't see it, but yeah. It was like Will Zalatoris a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? He 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 wasn't he had special temporary membership and couldn't make it into the FedEx Cup playoffs. And they said to him after Wyndham, they said, "What are you going to do?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to play some golf in Europe, I think." And then didn't come across to Europe because clearly his management team said, "Nah, it's not going to do that. It's not going to not going to prove anything." I can I can so, see JT, yeah. you know, in the in the in the buggies supporting the team, you know. Vice captain or support or whatever they want to call it, um, and, uh, and being there in person without actually being part of the twelve that will be competitive. And I think it's that tw- you know it is it needs twelve competitive players um, in that in in that competition. You know they're coming to coming to a European course, which is going to be set up and suiting uh, the, the European players better in theory, and they need 12 players that are playing at the top of their game. And JT mm. simply isn't there right now for me. The only thing we're forgetting here is that it's match play. And JT's just, he's got that hyper, ultra-competitive streak to him. Like, it, there's no doubt for me it would be a more entertaining Ryder Cup if he's there, just with, you know, the energy kind of radiates out. Mm. Whether that turns into like you know good results for him or not, I just think it'll be a better Ryder Cup if he's yeah. there. This is the point as well. Spieth and Thomas are the you know they're the fulcrum of that of that team room. It's a big big miss if JT isn't in that twelve. But yeah, it's a big big decision that is for Zach Johnson. <laughs> it is a big decision. It's a huge decision. Yeah. I'd hate to have that decision. Right I mean, but, you know, you look at it, and we've been discussing this on the podcast for a number of weeks. Brooks Kepka, Brian Harmon, and Wyndham Clark have have put him in a very nasty position in terms of having to pick having to pick names he never would have thought at the start of this process would be anywhere needing a pick. Yeah, but like we said, just said about Lucas Glover, good golf gets you into good good spots, doesn't it? Yep. And you know, Harmon and Clark and Kepka have all won majors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Right, in terms of best bookmaker for the 2023 FedEx and Dew Championship, we're highlighting Bet365, who as ever have their each way extra market available, which gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre event on the FedEx St. Jude outright market. I've used their eight places each way at a 50 odds market specifically on all four of my selections this week. Get that right. Eight places each way on a 70-man short field. Superb value. Now, boosts-wise, they are boosting this week. John Rahm, 9-1 to one to 10-1. to one. And Tommy Fleetwood, 33-1 to one out to 40-1. to one. Those boots, boosts are available as of now over here in the UK. We recommend Bet365 if you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code, Paul. Sport30, S-P-O-R-T-3-0. When registering. Right. the St. Ju- I love this new format of the playoffs. Absolutely love it. So, top 70 for the first time. They've got rid of this top 125. Top 70 play this week. So, that's already dealt with players of the ilk of Adam Scott, Justin Thomas, and Shane Lowry. Not in the event. Gone. We're down to 70 players. Now, that includes also Tom Kim, who as of yet, no WD. Clearly, he was injured at the mar- at the Open. Mm. Didn't play when defending last week at the Wyndham. So clearly he has got problems. So whether it's a late thing 
I haven't seen any images in them of, at the course, although I haven't really been on Twitter. I'm on holiday, so um, yeah, yes, we're uh, currently as it stands, we're at seventy players. Now I was just going to quickly run through some deadlines here. Top fifty in the FedEx Cup go to Chicago next week. Okay. Now, right at the moment, we've got Ben Griffin at seventy. Players of the ilk of Hideki Matsuama, he's at fifty-seven. So if Hideki does nothing this week, he's not going to Chicago next week. So he's at 57, Matsuama. We've also got Cam Young. Now, Cam Young is clearly in this discussion for Team USA Ryder Cup. He's in a lowly 48th in the standings. So if he has a bad week, he will get overtaken and will not make it to Chicago next week. So in terms of motivators, Cam Young must be on red alert this week. Must be on red alert. Um, needs to impress Zach. If he doesn't play well, he's basically out of the top 50 and won't be playing in the playoffs next week, which clearly is a major blow. We can then quickly scroll up the list. We've got outside of the top 30 who eventually make it to the Tour Championship. We've got 36 is Matt Fitzpatrick. So he's got some work to do. 34, Sahith Tigala. 33, Justin Rose. 32, Sungjae Im. And 31, Jordan Spieth. So right now, Jordan Spieth is on the outside looking in for the playoff final at the Tour Championship. What I'm suggesting here is some of these players will have to show life at some point, either this week or next week, to yeah. get their ticket stamped to the Tour Championship. Whereas, players of the ilk of, say... Ricky Fowler at nine. I'm just taking random names here. Xander at 16. They know they're playing the Tour Championship. So it's kind of... These other names I'm mentioning, clearly it is, uh, it's S-H-I-T or bust over the next coming weeks. Just inside the top 30. Corey Connors at 30. Seamus Power at 29. Who, there's been rumours of an injury... Um, clearly in a fight for a, a captain's spot from Luke Donald with the likes of an Alex Noren or the Hoygaard brothers. Uh, interestingly, Nikolai played really well. I didn't think uh, Wyndham would suit Nikolai at all. Got top 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's motivated, so, super motivated. Yeah. His brothers win the other week as well. Clearly, he will be playing, I would assume, all of those European events. That, that start with you, is it next week, the Czech Masters? Yeah. I, I or the week after? Uh, no, next uh, next week with um, Galgorm Castle, but I didn't see him on the list, actually. Okay. Uh, so you've got Connors at 30, Power at 29, Chris Kirk 28, Denny McCarthy 27, Tommy Fleetwood 26. So as it stands, if Tommy had a couple of mm, events, he's not going to make um, Eastlake. So there's clearly motivational situations for all of those players. I just thought I'd get that in there just to give some background to where we're at in terms of the FedEx Cup and just motivate players that are clearly going to need to perform quickly. Right. This golf course, it's a par 70. It can be a bit of a beast. Plenty of water in play. Uh, the length makes it quite long as well. I think it's one of the longest past 70s on the calendar of regular play. I think only Eastlake is longer in terms of its length. 7,243 yards. It's a par 70 and it's a genuine par 70. Only two par fives. One on the front, one on the back. A Ron Pritchard 1987 original TPC Southwind. I always categorise it as a mid-score event, so teens and upwards. It's got to be blowing ridiculously, ridiculously hard for four days to get it to single digits. Uh, it's medium length. Number of holes with water in play, 11. Fairways, this is an interesting fact. This is where my uh, spidey agronomy uh, senses start to tingle. Zion Zoysia. Of the fairways. Uh, 419 Bermuda grass, two and a half inches, the greens, and this is a this is a real killer. 
4,300 square feet. They are tiny, champion Bermuda grass. So for the length of the course, 7243, lack of par 5s, uh, a lot of par 4s that are over 450 yards, I think 6, to have 4,300 square feet green greens, um, they're, they're small. Mm. And this is the point. It really does come down this golf course to you do get some real GIR monsters that tend to just pop up at the top of leaderboards. Those players that from a... From 150 to 200 out have excellent approach play and consistent approach play. And spreading it off the tee isn't great here either because you can very easily have a watery grow. So flagrant driving and yes, it's not great around here. But yeah, we're dealing with Zuija this week. Should I be nice and tell tell the listeners where other tracks are that that have Zoysia grass fairways? Mm. Uh, East Lake, the Tour Championship, AT and T Byron Nelson, where they played a TPC, at, which is played at TPC Craig Ranch. That's the one that they play the week before the US, no, the PGA Championship. That's got Zoysia, and there was various different um, Zoysia stop-offs. Uh, I think Keegan Bradley won on Zoysia at, in Atlanta in 2011. Also, Bell Reeve, 2018 PGA. That was the one won by Kepka. We're actually on that one. A lot of players don't like it. It literally, a lot of players will say it's almost like you're playing off a tee on every shot. It just, the ball sits up. So, yeah, but, uh, I'm seeing, a, I, I don't know if, I mean, this was clearly Monday. Apparently, Thursday looks like there's a front going through and it looks particularly blustery. Uh, the wind hangs around on Friday, but not to the same extent in terms of its strength. And then it's pretty calm and extremely hot Saturday, Sunday. I would not be surprised if the weather, what I saw yesterday, actually is what we see. Something like five, six, seven under leading going into the weekend and then that eases down to, say, 14 under eventually wins it when yeah. conditions improve. It can be a tricky track, can't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very, very tricky. It can play tough when the wind's in play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it's not in play, though, because it's literally... 37 degrees Celsius in the afternoon. Yeah, they have to water these greens. Mm. Have to. In terms of strokes gained of the winners here, um, it was interesting what you said earlier, Paul, about Lucas Glover. I mean, last week at the Wyndham, we went through the numbers. The average strokes gained putting number for the Wyndham uh, of the winner was 12th in the field. And then, lo and behold, Lucas Glover 15th. So you've got to make some parts at the Wyndham every year, yeah? Mm, yep. Clearly, my play on Hideki Matsuama backfired incredibly badly. Um, South Wind, it's kind of the reverse of that. The average winning position of the winner here is T to green, second in the field. <laughs> yeah, so second T to green, but the average winner's position in terms of strokes game, putting, 24th. Mm. This is not a putting contest. Hence, I put up Will Zalatoris last year, who, as we know, is a spotty putter at best, and he won the event. This, to me, is a real ball striker's paradise. Hit fairways, hit lots of, as many greens as you can, and a lot of the opposition will slowly but surely melt away, because if you're missing greens here, Scrambling's tough, and you can be having you know, watery graves everywhere. I can see why they kind of made this a WGC venue because it is a pretty tough track if mm. conditions allow it to be tough. Yeah. So it does stretch. Yeah. Well, even when it used to be played as the um, the St. Jude Classic <laughs> before, and at, at a fair point is uh, there's lots of course history there's lots of course history on the site this week that goes back and encompasses that um st jude classic and the wgc that you just mentioned um prior to prior to being included as part of the playoffs so there was a lot to to dig into um and yeah even when it used to play as the st jude classic it was it, it was never a walkover as a course always a always a good challenge 
Just for our North American listeners, those temperatures across the weekend are due to hit 93 to 97 Fahrenheit. Wow. Warm. Yeah, sweating. We have got a humid, um, hot and humid variable on this week's predictor model. So go and have a look at it because it's interesting to see players who can play well in red-hot sweltering conditions. It's like everything. Some can, and some seemingly can't. So it's not a bad angle. Not a bad angle at all. I mean, we've always said Patrick Cantley coming over to the UK, and this this is why, I've no idea why I put him up for the Scottish Open, but clearly (laughs) bad back Cantley coming across here and playing in misly, drizzly, 12-degree centigrade conditions isn't what he's about but you actually look at Cantley on in tournaments where it's red hot humid 30 degrees does very well yeah there's so many intricacies to this golf betting game it's unbelievable but you know a lot of this stuff uh, the truth's actually more wild than the, than the than the fiction on it now I've picked four for this um, and you two know this I have been literally going on about this for weeks the top two in my preview was never ever going to be any different from the two that I selected the first one I've selected is Scotty Scheffler I've said it for absolute weeks he just needs some Bermuda grass greens he needs to putt just about average with the putter and let the tee to green game do its work and he will win a tournament now, bearing in mind, five of his six wins that have come in his last 38 starts, yeah? So, six-time winner in in his last 38 starts, five of them have come on Bermuda grass putting surfaces. And the other one, as we know, the Masters, which is pretty much all Bermuda grass, bar the greens, which are clearly bent grass, over a Bermuda base. So, I just think he's, he's absolutely gagging to be playing this event this week somewhere. I mean, he must be so frustrated that, you know, this, these ranks are incredible. These are his tee to green ranks since Riviera. Tee to green ranks. Second, first, second, fifth, second, first, 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 third, second, second, third. And out of all of those tournaments, he won one, which was the Players' Championship on Bermuda Grass in Florida. So, yeah, he's a... It's a I, I managed to get him at eight to one enhanced win only with Bet three six five. I don't think we really need. To. The only other thing I will say here is last three winners here. JT, oh sorry, last uh, we got Will Zalatoris and JT and Hideki Matsuama. Now Hideki Matsuama made it into a playoff with Abraham Anser and Sam Burns. Will Zalatoris last. Yeah, he gained two and a half strokes with the putter over four rounds, so not a huge amount. Hideki Matsuama, he made just 0.98 strokes on the greens across the week and got into a playoff to win. And the one before that, JT, he won a WGC here. He was actually, he lost almost two strokes putting with the flat stick and won the event. This is the point. He just falls into Scheffler's lap. If he can just keep the tee to green game, the fantastic GIR numbers, and the putter isn't losing eight strokes. Mm. Got to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. So That's I'm on point. win only eight to one. On yeah, n- neutral, anywhere close to neutral, and Scheffler's going to be yeah. right in the mix. Oh, if he's making half a stroke with the putter, Paul, it's, you know, I'll be, I'll be dancing around the Devon Riviera here for a few days, <laughs> thinking I actually might get a winner. Mm. And then I expect he loses 10 strokes on the Sunday. <laughs> And finishes yeah. second in a playoff. So, yes, yeah, so of the top three, I'm on Scotty Scheffler. I'm not expecting either of you three to be on the top three, but he's my selection. My next one up, well, in fact, uh, I got my, my next one up is 25 to 1. So, where are you two pitching your tents this week? Um, I'm further south than that. For my, I've got four, but they're all, all, all below, um, well, kind of 35, 40 to 1. 
Nice, Paul. Have we, have we oh, changed I can see Paul. He, Paul will love this event because he, he can dig out all of the old Southwind <laughs> classic stats and Brendan Todd and all these guys. He, he must be like a picking, picking clover, mate, this week. He would have been putting Ches Reevy up this week, undoubtedly, if Ches had been blown. Yeah, you can read me like a book. Yeah, I know. We have been working together for many, many years. <laughs> what about you, Barry? Uh, well, I actually agree with you on your second pick, Steve. Uh, makes an awful an awful lot of sense. So uh, there's no point in me talking when you. Can no, no, you tell the listeners why. Save me some work. Why have you? Why, <laughs> why are you picking Colin Morikawa? I, I have. I just have a connection in my head to him. Be like he's such a phenomenal iron, you know, uh, striker of the ball that even on very long courses that demand medium, uh, let's say, to even long iron approaches, when he's on, it's just uh, it's just amazing. The pudding, the pudding's you know, the thing if he gets a neutral week on one of these great ball striking uh, weeks, um, he's gonna he's going to be there thereabouts. I have yeah. some connection in my head to him playing really well in in very hot conditions as well. Also, I don't know why. I just have that connection sitting in the back of my head, and th- think he'll just after after the playoff loss to Ricky Fowler a few weeks back. I think he'll be kind of keen to just boost himself that little bit more going before going into the Ryder Cup. He's quite lowly in those rankings. And I'm not suggesting that Colin Morikawa is in any way in danger for a pick, because he's not. But he's 11th Mm. in those standings. He won't want to be going into that in 11th spot. And he's... He hasn't won for a period... He hasn't won on the PGA Tour since the Open win at Sandwich. And for a player of his capabilities, that is an absolute desert. He won the DP World Tour Championship that year, didn't he? To to actually win the whole thing on 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 the Euro Tour as well. I think that was in November. Of that would be 2021, been winless since. He must be just absolute. And what we saw at uh, the Rocket Mortgage when we were on Ricky and he was firing, wasn't he? Morikawa coming down the stretch, yeah, literally hitting it to five feet, making the putt, hitting it to seven feet, making the putt. I don't know about you two, but I was just sitting there watching that going, Well, Morikawa's got this one, yeah, I was terrified. Genuinely terrified. Now, yeah, exactly. I was genuinely, yeah. Um, now, Paul, quite rightly, because I'd have done exactly the same if I was writing the tips. I Paul put him up at the um, open, and he was terrible. But that's the open. I've just throw that away. Throw that away. Mm. I genuinely think that Morikawa is the way that he was hitting off hit off the tee in Detroit, the way that he had the fade, the controllable fade back, he was mentioning it in interviews, he'd found something and he was, his confidence was back. Um, in terms of humidity, I've gone on to the predictor. Here's the top 10. So these are guys that play best in hot conditions over the last five years on the PJ Tour. Sam Burns at 10, Griot at 9, Xander at 8. Griot's interesting this week, you know, because Griot is not guaranteed a Tour Championship spot. Mm. So Griot will need to perform. Eight is Xander. Seven is Cantlay. Six is Colin Barry. He's actually tied for fifth, actually, with Rory. Fourth is Scotty. Uh, sorry, third is... He's tied third. Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler. John Rahm at two. Victor Hovland at one. And that kind of makes sense with Hovland because he's had so many wins in Puerto Rico, Mexico, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Likes it, 28, 30 degrees Celsius, no problem at all, Victor. But yeah, that's the top 10 on the humidity numbers on the uh, predictor model. I'm with you, Barrett. I, I just think is going to have a great week. It'd been quite easy to look at that miscut at the open going, no, 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 no. But actually, you just look at his numbers. They're outstanding. Uh, in this field, uh, this season, 19th gain, strokes gain off the tee, ranks 19th. Across the seasonal numbers, this is. Fifth for greens in regulation. Thanks for coming. Tenth for ball striking, second for approach the whole season, behind only one, Scotty Scheffler, and fourth for T to green. And this is in a season when he hasn't won. So, yeah, I think Morikar was right on it. I managed to get, I think he's been backed in a little bit, but I managed to get, I believe it was 25 to 1 with the full eight places. Still there. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. nibbled in a bit. Yeah, but so. 
There is some bigger numbers out there. Yeah, well, actually, 25 to 1 across the piece now. So that that eight places each way, 25 to 1, is looking very nice right now. The other one I'm taking, uh, I took him 28 to 1, again, eight places. At that point, I believe there was a, there was there there is still 33s out there. Uh, there's 33s out there with Unibet. Uh, that's only five places each way, a quarter of the odds, so standard odds with Unibet. But 33 to 1. There's another player out there that is in trouble in terms of qualification for the Ryder Cup and Team USA. People are saying he's a lock on Twitter. I'm reading that all the time. He doesn't seem to think so. These are his comments before the 3M Open a fortnight ago. This is what he said in an interview. I've been in this type of position before, you know. We're probably on the outside looking in. Going to have to play some Good golf over these next few weeks and make my case for a pick. Tony Fino. So I'm on Fino. 28 to 1. I got full eight places each way, 50 odds with bet 365. He, uh, he's he got some just... Uh, the, I think a lot of the trouble with Tony recently has been... And he does go through these patches where basically his, his, his driving is very, very, very inconsistent. Can be very wayward. Seems to have straightened the driver, and all of a sudden at the three M Open, was he six six under through five? Mm. You just get the feeling with him. Bearing in mind he's ranked nineteenth in those Ryder Cup standings, he needs to show Zach just something to put Zach at ease to say, "Oh, you know, Tony was second the other week at the FedEx St. Judy's. His game is peaking, so he's one of my captain's picks. He just needs something of high quality, either this week or next week. So I think he's going to be tremendously focused, Tony Fina. Fifth here last year, and I think he gained something like over three strokes on the greens, which is nice to see for Tony Fina. So that's the other one, Morikawa and Fina, because I just think they need to perform this week to just give Zach the thumbs up. Everything's fine here, chaps. We move on. You go and worry about JT and the other picks that you need to make. So those are my three at that end, at that price point. I've got one more at 70 to 1. So over to you two. Yeah, I've uh, I've got a couple. I backed them both yesterday at 40 to 1, uh, just with standard five place terms just to get the prices it's a relatively short field so there's different ways to play this but um i was, I was quite taken with the prices the first one uh and i i i see this event in the same way as you in a lot of ways steve in terms of tea to green i also see that the greens are so small that if there's anything that um impacts a player's ability to hit greens like a bit of wind or if it's firm then scrambling comes into the into the four more heavily for this. Yeah, and I think Thursday Friday um, it is going to be tougher, and I do think that ball strikers and those with a very strong short game could find themselves right in the mix going into Saturday morning here. So, Agreed. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, from the weekend onwards, I think you're going to have to hit greens. Simple as that. But I think up to that point, um, you can get yourself into the into position by by a decent short game. So, um, first one I've backed is Jason Day, uh, forty to one. Now, the last six winners of this, uh, or the last six winners of the first FedEx Cup event, um, I should say, they were all top twenty five in the world. DJ, um, he was first and fifth when he won um, the two events that he won at this point in the calendar. The others are all kind of 14th through to 24th. Jason Day currently 20th in the world, fits the bill perfectly in that respect. He's won at this point in the past. He won the Barclays back in 2015. Uh, he made it to the world number one position uh, a few weeks later. He was playing some cracking golf back then, as you recall. And there are some good signs that he's heading back in that uh, same direction, I think. Earlier this year, top 10s at uh, Torrey Pines, Phoenix, Riviera, Bay Hill, quarterfinalists at the WGC match play. Then he won the Byron Nelson, um, second last time out of the Open Championship. Uh, and as I say, I... I think if there's a way to get um, someone with a decent short game in the mix then uh, you know I, I do like his short game for this 17th for the season to date for strokes going around the green second for scrambling but 
when he's been contending, when we're talking about that win at uh, the Byron Nelson, when uh, you know, he came second, a distant second, I get it, at Hoylake, the tee to green game has been bang on as well. First for strokes game tee to green when he won at the Byron Nelson. Now that's a big, big you know, mark in my notebook that he can do it. He can turn it on still when it all um, yeah, when it all clicks. Yeah, and don't forget that's the course with the Zoysia fairways. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. You mm. mentioned it earlier. It's, um, it's mm. there's some correlation there, isn't there? Sixth here at Southwind back in twenty twenty. And uh, yeah, I think for me that his career's back on that upward trajectory one, once again. And I thought 40 to 1 um, for a guy that's uh, well capable of beating this level of field was well worth taking. So they, and the other one at that kind of price bracket was Wyndham Clark. He, um, he's been nibbled a little bit. 35 to 1 is the best you get out there. 33s if you want um, the extended places. But for me, he's another one that's just been overlooked a little bit by the bookies uh, one at Quail Hollow in May we're talking about um, champion Bermuda putting surfaces so Quail's a good correlation um, he was third for strokes game putting that week um, won the US Open as we know he, this is a guy that's in a completely different space mentally nowadays um, and you know well capable of taking on a field of this quality and price-wise, he's only a little bit shorter than he was at Hoylake. And for me, this suits him far, far better. 17th for the season for strokes going tee to green. Still finished 33rd at uh, the Open Championship, which I thought was reasonable enough. 28th here last year. He was fourth for strokes going putting on these greens last year as well. And you know, if you put it all together with the fact that he's a different beast 12 months on from when he was here last year, long game's in a much better position nowadays as well. Um, I can see Wyndham Clark getting himself in the mix. He's another one of those, fifth in the FedEx Cup going into this. He's got to have aspirations of pushing on over this week next to give himself a, a real chance of uh, you know, moving on and really contending for that FedEx Cup title. Uh, you know, with his new um, you know, angle and his new mental approach to the game, that's got to be the most immediate target for him, I think. Wyndham Clark. So yeah, Clark and Day. I've got a couple that are um, 80 to 1 and longer. Um, any around the mid prices for you, Barry? I uh, just did one other little one. Um, finished second last week and been playing, had a nice stretch of a few weeks in a row. It's Ben Ann. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about the, the, the uh, his, let's say, win equity, <laughs> but um, I hope you yeah, backed him eight places each way. Eighty places each way in the seventy-man fields, yeah, just to be sure. <laughs> You're going to need him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But like he's he's at uh, you know last three events: third, twenty-third, second. He had a twelfth here right. to three years ago, so took a little took a little punt at sixty-six to one. Just I believe he was leading going into Sunday, and had. A typical Ben Arn nosebleed, but he's playing some good golf, isn't he? Mm. And their putters working. Yeah, let, so, Barry, let me back you up because Benny Ann won, is one is my third of four, um, and I've backed oh, him as well. Perfect. Um, I, I to, to me, attribute wise, there are some similarities with Sedgefield um, last week and uh, and here at TPC Southwind, uh, and mm. I think accurate sorts can succeed on both of them. Uh, he talked about his numbers last week. Fourth for off the tee, fourth for tee to green, seventh for approach, seventh for strokes game putting. Now that's that's like a big old beacon telling you there's something working right when when Benny Ann is finishing seventh for strokes game putting. You've got to take note of it, I think. Um, third at the Scottish Open as well, 23rd at the Open Championship. He's play, he is playing some decent stuff and... You know, Lucas Glover winning last week, that's a big tick for the uh, kind of team no-putt uh, players out there. And Benny Ann, got to look at that and think, well, I'm going to a course now. As you said, finished 12th here two or three years ago. Coming to a course that should suit. Does he get in the each-way spots again? I, yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. I think I think it's a great each-way punt, Benny Ann, personally. But yes, Benny for me too. 37th in the rankings at the moment. So mm. one decent top five, seven finish. You're going to probably make Eastlake. Yeah. So it's a big, big carrot for the likes of these Ben Arns. Really is. 
because that that tour championship gets you into a couple of majors, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, of course, don't forget about this top 50 cutoff as well. So at the moment, Nick Hard is on the bubble at 50. If he stays there, he's literally in every designated event next season. Guaranteed. All the big money. Yeah, yeah, big bucks. Alex Smalley, 51st, on the outside looking in. Mm. So not only would they not play the BMW next week, they wouldn't be guaranteed in any designated events next season. So that's a big cut-off there, 50. I mentioned Cam Young earlier. He's got the pressure of the Team USA selection and he's 48th in the in the, in the, in the actual um, standings. So a bad week and he's not going to make Chicago. The one I went for at that price point, where you're at, is Lucas Glover again. Yeah, concern. I just think he needs one more good week and top 50 in the world, tick. Top 50 in the FedEx Cup, because he's 49th at the moment. All the big designated events. Tick. Just needs one more, one more week. So, you know, you can you can swing a cat. You can, you can look at it both ways. He's either going to be knackered and not bothered, or he's going to think to himself, this could be a huge, huge... I mean, clearly now, two-year exemption ongoing. The pressure's lifted. Does he just keep going that extra week and make sure that he's in all of those des- beautifully rich designated events next week, uh, next year? So I've taken the gamble that he can keep it going for another week. He was f- was he third here last year? Yeah, third. 12 months ago on this course in this tournament. So I took 70 to 1 with bet three, six, five, eight places each way and their each way extra facility on Lucas Glover. We need one more week, Lucas. Keep it going. That's my kind of 70 to 1 insurance bet. Hopefully you can hang around Glover. I, I, I do like Ben Arn. I've got no, no quibbles with that at all. I can see your logic on that. I can also see your logic, Paul, on Brendan Todd. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, teed me up perfectly. 125 to 1, Brendan Todd. I, I was on him last week, Stevie. I've got to stick with him, haven't I? Seventh for last week. Um, it was fifth for strokes game putting, so that, that element's working nicely. Second at the John Deere Classic at the start of July. He's playing some good stuff, Brendan. Uh, three top 20s here from six starts. Uh, the 2020 effort, 15th, was at WGC level. Uh, Quail Hollow. I, I looked at Quail because you mentioned it in your preview, Champion Bermuda. 18th and 8th, his last two attempts. He was second for strokes game putting both times on yeah. those greens at Quail Hollow. 7,700-yard Quail Hollow is not Brendan Todd territory. For, no, so no. for him to be putting that well to get those finishes, it must be one of his best putting surfaces. Has yeah. to be. Yeah, I think it all fits in that respect. Third for strokes going around the green for season to date as well. So um, if that assertion I mentioned earlier from the first couple of days at least means that players are going to need to be um, performing well on and around the greens, um, then yeah, Brendan Todd can uh, get into that position. I think 125 to 1 each way shot. Yeah, quite happy to stick with Brendan this week. But yeah, that's me. 30, 39th in the FedEx Cup. So has real chance of getting top 30 for Tour Championship. Mm. Yeah. One huge, huge carrots for these players of an Arn, a Todd, an Adam Svensson, an Andrew Putnam kind of volition. Patrick Rogers at 43. To get to the Tour Championship is a massive achievement. Mm. They need one good week somewhere. Yeah. Now, ultimately, we're not saying they're going to win the tournament, but top five... Ka-ching. Yeah. Short Ka-ching. Field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any more, chaps? Um, any any long, long ones from you, Barry? Not, not at the moment, no. I, I might just cut it at that, <clears throat> seeing as the field is a bit shorter this week. Mm. Having less, less than 54 <laughs> bets is good. There, there, was, <laughs> there was one, I, I mean, I, I haven't put him up, but there was, you know, if you're just looking at statistics and... This guy ranks 18th for greens in reg, 29th for ball striking, 34th for approach, and 30th for tee to green this season. I've mentioned him already. He's 51st in the standings. He's on the outside looking in. Big top 50 designated events next season. Every man on his dog was on him last week. A member of uh, Sedgefield Country Club. Yeah? 
Sedgefield Country Club, Bermuda Grass Green, similar, blah, 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 blah. Missed the cut. Alex Smalley. I'm seeing 150 to 1 out there. Mm. And I believe he played quite reasonably well here last season on his one outing that he played here. Yeah, I missed the cut, but yeah, there may have been some. Oh, okay. Sorry, I put it wrong. But yeah, I, just, I could see Alex Smalley just kind of popping up. Hmm. You know, one of those ones where you're watching the coverage and it's, oh, Alex Small is in 46th projected. If he hangs on to his tied eighth finish here. One of those kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those names, isn't it? It just doesn't tend to scream here, but then they, you know, pops up with a, you know, a reasonable result every now and again. Yeah. He's had a 29th and a 13th at Sedgefield, uh, his home. Golf course, so I can see I can see a lot of familiarities between Sedgefield and him, mm. just with the players and who've placed and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Alec, maybe maybe a couple of quid on Alex Smalling could be a potential option down deep in that. I mean, JJ Spawn was right in the mix last year here. You do get these lower, you know, the lower or big price. You're going to get a couple in the mix this week, undoubtedly. Mm. Just trying to select the right ones as ever. Well, I think that's us, chaps. Is it? Yes, all good. We are not recording a podcast next week. I'm actually on holiday this week, so. Um, but Paul and I are uh, away next week, so there will be no podcast. We will be back the week after for the Tour Championship. And I think your yours will be the, is it the Amiga European Masters? No, that, or you that'll be the Czech Masters. That'll be the Czech Masters. So next, Czech week's, Masters. Yeah, next week's Galgo yeah. Castle, then on to the Czech after that. There will still be written content, though, next week on the website and all the usual stats. It's just that we won't be, uh, we won't be recording this podcast. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, lads. Best of luck for listeners. Um, should be a good event. Top 70. Uh, we'll see you again very soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system, the golf.